0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Breaching Extinction podcast. We're here for our poor episodes, um, and I'm here with Shelby and Liam. Uh, For those of you that have been following along, we have been reading two chapters every other week of Endangered Orca, the Story of the Southern Residents* by Monica Whelan Shields. Um, And this week, we're doing chapters uh, five and six, which is it was the history of them and the captivity era. Um, but the titles of those chapters are the Salish Sea where orcas and humans come together and then chapter six, the capture era. Um, but before we dive in, and we did miss last week, so we're gonna do this week and then you guys can expect in chapter seven and eight next week just cause life was happening for everyone. So we didn't have time to record last week. Um, but with that being said, and just says hi. I know she's like upset about the bi-weekly schedule as well <laughs> um, but for the foreseeable future I will be releasing actual episodes of Breaching Extinction bi-weekly just because my schedule has been really crazy and it's been hard to schedule times to interview people etc so um, that will be it for the for the foreseeable future hopefully in the winter I'll be able to put it back on a weekly schedule but for now that's what's going on and then as far as updates about the southern residents um it is presumed that marina is dead so she was a member of l pod um but she's been missing since september of last year and she was not seen this year so unless she is she hasn't been seen up until this point so unless she like miraculously shows up she's going to be presumed as dead the center for will research i believe presumed her as dead so um that would make the total count 73 southern residents right now but it it sucks but we have some good news that liam is going to share
1: yes so uh three jpod uh females have been are reported to be pregnant uh j19 sachi j36 alki and j37 high and these uh whales are all uh or Alki and School are in their 20s uh, and uh, Sashi's in her 40s, I think, early 40s, something like that. And yeah, I think it was Sea Light. I know, um, was it Sea Doctor Society or I think it was uh, somebody else. Uh, SR3, they caught a picture of one of them and you can see that there is a noticeable baby bump. So we're very excited. It seems like September... Um, is around the time where we're getting babies. I mean, we got we got Phoenix and um, and who's the other one that came out? Uh, there were three last year, but there were two that were born around the same time. as Phoenix and another one, which is and this is and this is and this is fantastic news. But of course, we always have to be wary of such a thing because um, the birth, even though JPod is slightly healthier than. Um, than most of the other, than the other uh, pods, which we'll probably go into a little bit for the chapters that we're talking about. They still, the calves still have a high mortality rate, and so it's, it's wonderful news, but we can't, we can't, uh, we always have to be wary about it, because, you know, it could, just like what happened with Stars Baby, it could just, it could yeah. all go downhill at wow. the last moment.
0: Right. No, ma'am. Um, Yeah, people feels passionately about the whales, as you guys can can see. Um, Yeah, absolutely. It can go south at any moment. So like while it is, you know, a little bit more promising that like, you know, the animals are getting pregnant, we're not there yet. So I don't know. It's it is kind of nice though that like when a whale dies, there are still three pregnant whales. So there's there's some hope. It's not just like, oh gosh, Cappuccino's dead, and then now this other whale. Um so, so. No, in places. Um yeah, so definitely still have to keep pushing on. Um I'm honestly very hopeful about the co extinction film. Um, because they just started premiering it at different film festivals and they're premiering it um, at some more film festivals in the coming months and like I, th- I think if we can get that film like if they can get the film out there and like make that you know go kind of viral I think that that could definitely be very helpful in raising the public's attention and hopefully we can get some more political pressure put on um, our Washington senators so
2: Yeah, it looks like it's going to be a fantastic documentary and I'm super excited to see it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It looks, it looks amazing.
2: Yes.
0: I am going to two of the film festivals and I, and they haven't like put it on their social media, so I can't say which two, but, um, I'm super stoked and like, so incredibly proud of that team who's put everything together. It's Mm going to be amazing.
2: Um,
0: awesome. So we are going to dive into the two chapters that we read. So. Basically, in chapter six, uh, Monica talked about. She started with the geography of the region, which I really liked. That like she really was like, all right, we're gonna get down to like the nitty gritty of when did this all begin, um, and then uh, she kind of went into the relationship. Very briefly covered the relationship between um, you know the native people. There's over 50 different indigenous um, groups that have hung out in the Salish Sea and been around those whales. Um, or they've inhabited those areas with the whales. And then um, she kind of got into the impact that colonizers have had. I really wish that like there was more information out there on like the indigenous relationship with the whales. Um, But I also know just like having looked into it myself that like those resources are kind of hard to find. Um, And so I think she did like a decent job of like covering that but I really like that she started with the geography because I'm like we just let's get in with the beginning of it and like bring it up to here what did you guys think
2: yeah I've heard I've heard some really neat tales about the relationship between indigenous communities and orcas and I'm wondering if it's if it might come up again later in this book or where else I might have read it but Yeah I I would have liked a little bit of a deeper history there as well just because it is so significant too to the culture Um, but yeah the geography as well I really appreciated especially her including the maps and everything like for me I'm getting slightly familiarized with the area now like especially just having moved here but um, it's a lot kind of when she's you know listing off all the different routes the whales take it was nice to have the map to kind of be able to visualize it and everything right absolutely yeah no i think so what do you yeah.
0: think Cam? uh
1: i liked how i, I do uh, agree that i uh, that i wish they um they uh there was a little more content well just a little bit more background into the into the relationship that the um that the Coast Salish had with the um, with the Southern residents, because aside from uh, talking about the um, the tale of the Thunderbird and um, mentioning uh, the briefly uh, mentioning uh, them respecting um, each other and unspoken agreement, um, it's not too much they dive that they, uh, dive in, that, they um, that is talked about. Uh, but I but I do also like, um, despite that, I do like how they still give at least some context of, of to what the coast sales people uh, believed in, where they came from. Um, like they but they had a fun, they had that uh, fundamental belief of, of you know everything was created equally, and they always treated other uh, species um, the same way as they did with people. And uh, and I like how they, they talk a little. The the book talks a little bit about um, about some of uh, in in the beginning when they moved out uh, west. They talk uh, the book talks a little a little bit about um, how they were able to um, use the natural resources around them to sort of to build um, their settlements. But it was never to the point where um, they would completely uh, wipe out. You know, entire sections a lot like what we do now, um, yeah. because they could, they knew that that maintaining that balance was uh, important. Um, and yeah, I like how um, it also talks about how Europeans uh, very, very quickly um, turned that whole, uh, turned all those things upside down on their head and just, you know. Essentially, plundered the entire area for as much resources as possible to build their settlements, and and slowly pushed uh, indigenous people out, especially with the horrific illnesses that were brought over, um, and and the consequences of that with them losing um, a lot of uh, other teachings and. Yeah, there's that. And I also like how they go into uh, detail about the waterways, like the, the Georgia Strait and the Strait of Wanda Fuca and Puget Sound and how they didn't know they would just sort of float around, you know, calling it different terms until, um, this man named Bert Weber came in, who's a biologist from Washington university and realized that all the waterways were interconnected and decided to come up with a label that would, uh, Unified the entire region, that being uh, the Salish uh, Sea, which it was introduced in eighty nine, but it wasn't actually um, accepted officially uh, until two thousand nine, like twenty years later.
0: Yeah. There. Yeah. It, there's a lot. It's. I feel like it's very interesting to see like the history and how things have changed and like. Uh, Obviously, like, if colonizers didn't come in, things would be very different today than they are now.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. I found it really interesting, too, that, um, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe I remember reading that uh, the southern residents have been documented as far north as Haida Gwaii, which is, like, super northern Vancouver Island, and I did not know that they ranged. I knew that they went down to California occasionally, but I had no idea they went that far north.
1: Yeah, in the book, they uh, briefly they uh, it was mentioned that uh, for a time they thought whenever the residents would go out, they would mostly just hover around um, around Oregon, you know, and just feed off of the Columbia River uh, salmon. When they couldn't find any Fraser River salmon, until yeah, they found out that they travel as far north as um, of, as uh, Haida Gwaii and as far south as um, well l pod in particular has been spotted as far south as monterey bay which they also mentioned that j pod um mostly hangs around the salish sea whereas k and l go like further out to further out to sea
0: yeah i wonder where they are now um like i always think think about that of like where because like we don't know because like they're not like nobody has put like any tags on them um And also, like, I feel like the tags that would be long-term would be really difficult to put on them. Um, But yeah, it's like, it's interesting to see how they've changed. You know, like, just in general, I wish that there was more Indigenous knowledge that was, like, relayed into academic writings, because I, I feel like we're missing so much in those, like, even though, like, you know, nobody was out there with data sheets back in the day, like hundreds of years ago. Um, I I think that that knowledge is still valuable, like, and that there's still something to say there. Because I think that that could maybe even fill in more of the gaps of like, okay, so what have they been doing for the last, like for the last hundreds of years, you know? Yeah,
2: yeah. when I was away at my ocean bridge trip, uh, we had some seminars on like the importance of including indigenous communities in research and like, Uh, utilizing the wealth of knowledge that they have and I just found it so interesting like we were talking about um, an invasive species called phragmites and you know they were talking about well in their perspective like they would take the time to think about well why why has the species come and why has it grown abundant there versus just oh we need to get rid of this like going back to the root and then um, another interesting thing that came up in the seminar was that uh, to in in our science and our culture, water is an abiotic element, whereas they consider it very much to be a living thing because it is the source of all life. And I think like just taking it, like things like that into consideration like really makes you think and like critically think about how we approach issues like that. And I. Wholeheart- wholeheartedly agree that we should be incorporating more of those, um, uh, yeah, more of their beliefs and utilizing their knowledge in modern science.
1: Yeah, I don't. I, yeah, I agree. I don't think we haven't re- we haven't been effective the way that we should be in tackling uh, the crisis because we've uh, because a a lot of the community that you know science has. Has large has largely deliberately left out um, indigenous people and no, and their knowledge, uh, even though th- that knowledge has been preserving, you know, the the entire uh, all the like it's been it's been preserving North and South America for tens of thousands of years. And and if we started more than ju- you know more than just incorporation uh, more than just incorporation of those teachings, but just uh, but yeah, have uh, do base a lot of our studies and the way that we approach um, these issues um, from those perspectives and that way of doing things. Then I think we'd be much much more um, effective because Indigenous people. I learned this the other day. They're they're the ones that are protecting eighty percent of the biodiversity. Um, on earth so we need to definitely um, start having them play leading roles um, within the science uh, community to have any um, effective and fast uh, way of help of preserving the ecosystem.
2: Yeah, their ways of life are so sustainable and that's what we need now more than ever.
0: Yeah, I completely agree and like I I don't know it feels like hard to have those conversations sometimes because like I know there's so much like trauma and hurt there and like you know while we come in with like what we think are good intentions like it can still like I can see how there's like a level of like maybe distrust from them with us as far as like trying to open up those doors of like hey let's work on managing the planet together since that hasn't historically worked out well Um, but we do have a lot to learn and like these ecosystems were like you guys said, sustainable and like fine and not exploited before colonization. So um, it's like time to get back to those roots and, and you know, uh, and maybe even just like figure out ways of like, like maybe providing funding or allocating resources so that like those who have managed the land for years can continue to manage land, you know? But it's yeah. fairly complex. Um, and then they got into the capture era. That was chapter seven, which is a whole entire whole situation. That was a heavy a, chapter.
1: That was a very. I hate that chapter. But yeah, it's. I put off reading the book for like a month before kind going back into it, which is terrible. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's it's it definitely sucks, but like it's it's a like, again, it's like any facet of history. It's like important to remember or like where we came from so that we don't repeat history. Um, but like, I don't know, like just like reading this stuff, like it just like, I'm like, there's something like, like, I don't know. So wrong about the way that all of this has evolved obviously, but like the way that, like the way that we are taught to be as a culture, as far as like the way that we exploit the planet and the way that we treat other animals and like it's so sad to know that like it was different before this and like now it's i don't know it's the area is overrun by like exploitation and has been since colonization happened um but yeah I don't know. we get like while it is sad we have to take it as a learning opportunity to be like okay how are we gonna like not kill and capture whales going forward right um yeah or just yeah and just in general, like not approach
1: things with just stop approach uh, stop approaching uh, new um, things with just whether it be violence or exploitation of it. Because a lot of, because in the beginning when Europeans were here, even though, um, even though initially the whaling industry didn't take much interest, it wasn't long before, uh, before fishermen started shooting them out of, you know, some, some made some made up fear um about them like wanting to kill people even though even though even though um like in England for example uh, you would have um fishermen who would I learned this a while back is some fishermen in England would um would sort of have a not I don't want to not necessarily symbiotic but kind of symbiotic where it's like fi- uh, fishermen would um would sort of follow the, um, the whales to where, you know, food might be uh, sort of around the, I think it was the English Channel or so, someplace around England. And just after, after finding out that they're very, um, well, after, yeah, after figuring out that they're incredibly intelligent, uh, the first, it's almost instinct, it's almost by instinct that we choose to, that we choose to exploit it rather than learn more about it for sure because it's all yeah it's all you when when something like that happens it's the prime motivator is really going to be just money
0: 100 um and it's like i don't know but i think no matter how cruel a, it is a deeper as always and like reflect on why it is like obviously we need money to survive to a point but there's a point that like you have enough money to like you know put food on your kids back and put a roof over your head and have clothing and you know maybe have extra income but there's a point of like excess that it's like we got to address the root of like why is that excess something that like is worth taking like 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 taking from the planet and taking from people who have been here for ever and lives and lives lives, yeah of i mean of people and animals yeah it's yeah mass genocide and all that Yeah. It's frustrating. Like it's beyond frustrating. Like that's not, it's like there there are not even words to, to describe how like completely wrong that is. like, I'm trying to think of words that could describe how wrong it is. And it's not like, it's just not okay. So like, I don't know. I think as a culture, we need to figure out like, what it is that we need to heal. Like, and I think it all, I don't know. I'm always like, it comes down to ego, but I really think it does of like, why is it that you feel the need to have so much power and control to a point like where it's or just it,
1: taking a, yeah.
0: a whole other beast. So yeah,
1: yeah, and just like if uh, uh, that's a a uh, an excuse that I've noticed uh, being one of uh one of the things I've noticed uh, a lot of any environmentally anything that's environmentally damaging, people will do we people will say, you know it's, it's, Hey, you know, doing this, will put uh, food on the table, whether or not that, you know, whether it's long-term or usually, or usually it's very brief, very brief, uh, in amount of money that would uh, put a little bit of food on the table. But yeah, that's an excuse. That's something that I've seen a lot of people use to justify a lot of the cruelty that happens, which if, you know, if that if that's what you're going if that's what you're going uh, if you're on if you're being honest and saying that that's the length that you have to go to, which almost always it isn't, uh, to get food on the table, then that means that there is an issue with that there is an issue with the system that we have created.
0: Yeah, and in the United States, there's a there's almost always a scenario where you don't have to do that, like. I've been to different parts of the world where, you know, people poach because that they have to for their families and like, it, it's legitimately out of need. And we're fortunate enough to live somewhere where that isn't the case that you can go get a job. Um, it's, yeah,
1: yeah. And that's you know, where it's so like, in the most first world part. nation, you know, there's a lot to we've yeah. got a lot of options. or what at least you gonna gonna
2: say, Shelby? Oh, I was just going to say like, to my understanding as well, for the most part, those communities are also poaching. So in a sustainable way, because they recognize that their community has to live off of that resource sustainably as well. Yeah. I don't know. tonight. Absolutely. My and,
0: I mean, there's no way to like, have a perfect completely sustainable thing. We're absolutely going to take from the environment like that's, that is something that's going to happen, but doing it in a way that doesn't completely deplete an entire ecosystem. So it's yeah. like finding that balance.
1: And just one that's like, also not you know unnecessarily like cruel and may end up having long-term
0: yes yes damages so really cruel that's like that's that's those are words that i were looking like was looking for yeah mm-hmm. that makes that's yeah. a really good way to put it but yeah yeah, I think not, yeah but make...
1: environmental just dis- well environmental destruction is not a necessary evil it never yeah. has been
0: so I I get that the world has evolved to a place where like now, you know, there's a lot of like international trade and things like that. And, you know, the world was never perfect to begin with. Like people have been, you know, awful to each other and genocides have been a thing for a long time in a lot of parts of the world. Um, But we, I believe are at a point where we know enough, there are enough resources to go around, you know, to make sure that people do have their basic needs met that like we shouldn't be in the spot. Like there there are other ways around it. And like it, obviously these things are hard and like breaking down systems that have been in place for decades and centuries now, um, that's, that is difficult. It is, but it's not impossible. And it, and ultimately we don't have a choice in the way that we treat our planet because if we continue down this road of like constant exploitation, not just of the southern residents and of the salmon but of all of the other animals and all of the other places that we do this you know we're not there's not there's no there's no backup plan so mm-hmm. got to get it figured out like and i don't know about you guys but i feel like a sense of urgency like about the planet and a sense of stress and anxiety kind of just underlying all the time of like there's not time like i don't know but we just we have to figure it out i think these like these two chapters gave us a lot to think about as far as our relationship with the animals um and you know i i yeah so far like i feel like this book is a very good it's good to get you to think it's good to get your baseline information on the southern residents very easily digestible like and she puts in a lot of information that's very helpful like the maps and whatnot so yeah Awesome. Anybody have any final thoughts?
1: I mean, I, 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 yeah, not, not much other than just, you know, on the top, on the topic of, of what it was the uh, chat, a chapter of, yeah, just, I guess in general, what we need to realize is that um, we can't, um, when we, when we learn of when we learn of something new that can that can uh, benefit us without harming anything else we and also um expand our own you know connection with nature let's not approach it with exploitation and violence yeah even i'm pretty i'm pretty sure if we really want, if we really wanted to, we could have started doing orca conservation well over a hundred years ago. I'm pretty, just if if we were willing to listen, if we were yeah. willing to listen, we could have easily done it, you know, a long, long time ago and we wouldn't be in the position uh, that we are in right now and indigenous people wouldn't be, in, wouldn't, be I
0: mean, wouldn't have had yeah. to deal
1: with everything that has been thrown at them.
2: For sure. Well yeah go ahead Shelby sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say not to get us on a whole other tangent but just my other main thought from the capture, capture era was just thinking about the potential in how far we could be with release or, um, or retirement to sanctuary with the capture era if the release efforts that had been concentrated on Keiko had been uh, towards Lolita instead, um, because I feel that, like, her, like, progress with that was obviously held up by the debate on whether the Keiko release was a success or a failure, and if you are looking for another book, I would recommend reading, uh, I think it's called Killing Keiko, but it's about his release, and, um, my takeaway from the book was that it, the, the team involved in the release was a very divided team and obviously that book is just one side of that divide but um really interesting insight to again just like the drive of money in the release effort in and I think that was the the main the main factor considered in the overall execution of that yeah, yeah that
1: kind of conflict of ideas I think oh yeah another thing is yeah if let's let's not get bogged down with um with uh with expanding on you know our conservation methods or you know or what's the best way to do it because if we if we continue to have you know conversation for too long then it's like nothing gets done it's basically it's the equivalent of a of a bill dying in committee in washington dc where people were Um, congressmen would just debate, constantly debate, and the bill goes nowhere, and eventually it just gets forgotten about. And that's what I feel has happened a lot with, um, with- uh, The Southern Residents? Well, with the Southern, yeah, especially with the Southern Residents and with like, you know, dam breaching and all, and even also um, uh, sanctuary projects for uh, captivity. 100% 100% Which I feel I feel that the obvious is I mean I feel the answer is ob- is is obvious and it's been around for a while but I know that people are still are still going to want to debate it but there's a point where we have to say enough debate but we're getting a final decision in
0: I think that that's totally fair like you have to have a a, a final decision like that's backed with because obviously you're never going to have a solution that fits every single person's need, but you need to figure out who all of the stakeholders are, figure out what their true need is. What do they truly need? What do they truly want? And then evaluate what's going to be the most important and sustainable for all parties. And, you know, we saw it with Luna, there was a lot of fighting that went on there. And I like, I hate to bring this up every, it's just such a good example every time. But when like the whole, discussion about whale watching the southern residents there's way too much (laughs) put into that oh my god like i wish that i i would never read another post about whale watching the southern (laughs) residents again because like it's like people complain because there's they're like there's so much focus on this but they put the focus on it and if like they just stopped watching the whales then the government has to put their efforts elsewhere because then at that point when the whale watching has stopped around the Southern residents, I'm not saying all the whale watching. And if you guys have questions about that, feel free to send me messages or listen to the episode that I did with Gloria, um, back in February. But like, if they just stopped watching them and stopped having the discussion about that and they're just like, okay, fine. I'm going to wash my hands of this. I'm going to go look at transients, whatever. Then the government had like, and then the whales are still dying at that point, which they will be um cuz there's so many issues and all of them are valid um with the toxins and the noise pollution and the lack of food then the government is then forced to look at something else and so i think you got to take the l because ultimately it helps them also but it's the same thing of like too much discussion around this thing it's just wasted time and it's like we we don't have time like obviously we need to put enough time into something that, so that it's well thought out but not so much so that like nothing gets done there's a balance you know
2: CP just feels the same way. She's, she's exactly yeah. It's a time sensitive event yeah. here. Yeah, time
1: sensitive. We can't be um, one in circles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can't be too. We can't be too uh, stubborn uh, with what's that, with uh, um, any revisions, unless those revisions uh, genuinely jeopardize something that matters. 100. I think that's the. I think that's the a lot of the time why people, why decisions like this don't really happen is because people feel like, um, something that is necessary, which really is necessary or something that they be- think is necessary, which isn't necessary is if it's jeopardized, then the whole thing can't come, you know, can't be yeah. done. So we have wow. to,
0: hey, this,
1: yeah, we have to, we have to, you know, say, you know, this is what's, you know, this is what's, uh, this is what yeah. has to be, you know, done, you know, to, be, to benefit everyone, even if, even if one person or even if one group may not get, you know, what they the, want. Out uh, of it. Yeah. What they want, because at the end of the day, because with the Southern residents at the end of the day, what is it, what is it about? It's about the Southern residents, ultimate uh, survival mm-hmm. and law lo- and longevity and, and uh, yeah. And longevity.
0: Yes. Absolutely. And it needs to be that at the end of the day. And one of the, I think the final thing, because I know we are definitely running over on our poor episode, but one thing that I want to leave you guys with Gloria left me with a while ago, actually, when we were talking, when we did the episode about whale watching, because that was a really tough one for me to do. Um, she, cause so many people have so many different feelings. She said, use the whales as your compass. And like, that is like, like whenever you're like, maybe not sure about what's going on like use the whales as your compass what is right for them so yes um yeah anybody have any final thoughts for real this time
2: no no i'm gonna well, leave it at about that it. yeah
0: cool awesome well thank you everyone for joining us we will have another poor episode out next monday going over chapters seven and eight um, and then, um, I will have an episode out this Friday, of course, um, and then will be doing the bi-weekly schedule, but thank you so much for joining us. Um, and thank you, Shelby and Liam and Peaches for all of your contributions. Peaches had so many contributions this week because we're recording in a new spot, but, um, thank you all and have a good day. Bye. Bye. Bye.